0: Another day, another issue with Trump and this administration. It's pretty crazy, but this is also TYT The Conversation. I'm your host, Adrian Lawrence, and we have two incredible guests for you today. Our first guest, Jeet here. You may know him as a national affairs correspondent at The Nation. But he's not just a man of politics, he's also a man of comics. He is a comics critic. And unfortunately, there's nothing really comical about what's going on, but it's great to have you here, Jeet.
1: It's good to be here, yes, yes, yes. There's not a, a laughing matter, unfortunately. No. Unless no. we're thinking about the Joker.
0: <laughs> so. You know what, that might be a perfect comic reference to really what's going on here cuz I really think that Trump wants to see the world burn,
1: but. Yeah, I think that's right, yes, yes, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a good uh, analogy
0: yeah, I, I feel strongly about it. And something that you know a lot of people are feeling pretty strongly about right now is what's going on. And Portland and is about to go on in other cities. You know, we've seen some gruesome footage coming out of Portland with this whole shadowy federal task task force. Also, you know, they don't have identifying name tags, and also they have got plenty of tear gas, and they're really grabbing and attacking citizens, many of whom are peacefully protesting Jeep. And I don't know if you've heard yet, but like the attorneys for the state of Oregon are now arguing in court for restraining order to stop the federal agents, and the city mayor Ted Wheeler. He says he plans to attend these protests. How do you think this is all going to shake out?
1: Well, I think Trump's goal has all along to escalate, and I think unfortunately, it will escalate because i I think you know people aren't going to put up with it. And so yeah, you're gonna you've already seen, Larger and larger protests. I mean, this is one thing to keep in mind. Prior to sending in these, like, you know, mysterious federal agents, things were dying down there. They had been long standing protests, but they were going down. And uh, uh, now there's like every day there's more and more people, and more and more people aren't like regular protesters, but just, or, um, you know, ordinary people and political figures. So it's really going to escalate. I think that's what, and unfortunately, I think that's what Trump wants. And we see this with some of the ads that his people are making. They're using Portland to make ads. And Trump wants to spread this message of law and order. And he's a law and order president and Biden is weak. And so that's what's going on right now.
0: No, and you're absolutely right, using this whole law and order base to try to walk into November and maybe get the election in the win, And also make Biden look to be the bad guy. And I know there's kind of this push right now with having these shadowy task force run around to try to fear monger in terms of getting that suburban voting base to really go for Trump with the thought that there's a lot of crime out there. Do you think that this task force movement effort on behalf of Trump is actually going to do anything in terms of sway voters?
1: Yeah, right now I mean, we, um, there's no evidence of that, and you know, like since the protests have begun, Trump has been hitting the law and order. Uh, and that's been two months now. In the last two months, like Biden's lead has just grown and solidified, and it's especially grown in the suburbs. Um, so there's a couple of reasons for this. I think, like you know, Richard Nixon ran successfully on law and order in '68, but he was like running as the outsider. And saying the Democrats are to blame for the riots and the chaos in the city. Trump is president. Um, and so just now one of Trump's um, campaign people put out a, uh, uh, a video on uh, Twitter uh, saying like, yeah, this is what Joe Biden's America will be like and it shows these protesters in Portland. But that's actually like America right now. So how do you convince people that Joe Biden's America is gonna be worse <laughs> if this is what's happening now? So I don't think you can successfully run on law and order if like you're not maintaining law and order. And it goes beyond also into Trump's own personality. Where a lot of people, even people support Trump, recognize that he's a kind of agent of chaos. He's the Joker. And like, do you, if you want law and order, do you elect, reelect the Joker? Do you reelect a guy who clearly is very incendiary and wants the world to burn?
0: No, you are so incredibly right, he is an agent of chaos because that's all we get to see with the drama and his stoking fires and dog whistles and all sorts of things to get people incensed. And something that seems to be maybe even lost in all of this is that you know Trump trying to push on this law and order kind of platform and also saying how crime is spiking. And we all kind of know, at least the criminologists out there are saying yes, because everyone was quarantined and now things are kind of opening back up. Also, we have a pandemic that's killed over 140,000 Americans. We have historic unemployment. And there's this huge reckoning right now with race and police brutality. And so all of this is kind of culminating to some stress, even though the crime rates aren't what they were a year ago. And so can you see this pushback with all these federal agents engaged in this shadowy business? In addition to the fact that there's not really crime going on for it to cause even more of an uprising, possibly we're in like a civil war territory, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the sort of the scariest possible outcome. I think maybe one thing that might stop it is I don't know how many. Uh, agents Trump can call on, and I think it's important to realize uh, that this is the sort of Trump's um, second choice. His first choice was right after the um, uh, uh, protests broke out in late May, early June, where he went to the Pentagon and he asked for the National Guard and the military to step in, and that's when Tom Cotton had the sort of op-ed saying, you know, sending the troops. And it's very clear that the Pentagon turned him down, and for very good reasons. They did not want you know, American soldiers patrolling. The streets and going against American citizens, and so this is Trump's like secondary choice to get these sort of border guards and customs and people, and I'm not sure prison guards. But the thing is, okay, there's maybe fifty thousand of them altogether. They're not trained in like police work. Or in dealing with riots, Um, they're not uh, soldiers, really. Uh, And if you take them out of border, like what's going to happen to the border? (laughs) Like you can't use all 50,000, right? So I just think that there's real constraints on like how much Trump can do. Um, The more worrisome thing to me is like if we get a future Republican president who's more competent and can like win over the military, then we're in really scary territory. I mean, we're kind of lucky. That Trump is like so um, widely despised that uh, you know the uh, Pentagon like did not want to ally himself with him
0: oh absolutely because we would be in a very bad circumstance if that were the case yeah. and you know Chad Wolf that's acting Homeland Security secretary so he said the mission in Portland was to protect federal property yeah mm-hmm. uh, but he says that's not like what was just announced on Wednesday that Trump is now sending federal agents into other American cities, including Chicago and Albuquerque, which he says is to address the rising crime rate. What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, again, I think it's a sort of law and order and also with, I think that cities are chosen very particularly in mind. Portland because there's a longstanding battle between Antifa and militias there. And that's the stock, the base of the militia people. I think with Chicago and other cities, It's clearly racism. I mean, like if you you know talk in certain right wing circles, you mentioned Chicago. Like it conjures up images that is the capital of Black America in a lot of ways, and uh, that's what he wants. And Trump himself says it. You know, like you know, who knows who's going to come to the suburbs if I don't protect you? And I think we can all figure out what he what he means by that.
0: Absolutely, and I love it because you already hit on it in terms of Chicago. What do you think the deal is with Albuquerque, New Mexico? Uh,
1: that's a good question. I, it's partially, I'm wondering if they're like worried about it as a swing area and also the um, uh, um, uh, with fear of sort of uh, uh, immigrants from the south of the border and trying to play up that. Because that's also a big part of sort of, you know, the sort of racist mythology that they've created.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I could really see him trying to maybe gain leverage down there by using some kind of, you know, essentially a border argument of we need to protect. and but also, my concern is very much for the citizens. And as we've seen, that gruesome footage coming out where people are being beaten and their rights are essentially kind of being stripped away, I would argue. And hopefully other attorneys will actually argue on their behalf. So what do you think this all is going to contribute to in terms of how Trump is viewed? as a potential, actually potential winning president in 2020, if that becomes the case.
1: Well, again, I think the fact that he won't be able to get order works against him. And he's getting a lot of pressure from the right, from the Tucker Carlson's and the Ann Coulters, saying that you're letting things run riot and you're not controlling things. And, but I don't think he can control things. I think things have really spun out of his power through his own incompetence. And so I think these larger forces of COVID, the economy, Um, And the rising protests, which I think will only continue to rise, uh, really mean that he has lost control. And I don't think losing control helps him. I think he looks very weak, and what he's doing makes him look weak.
0: Absolutely, and it's funny, I just struggled so much to get out that last statement, just the thought of putting Trump with win in 2020 in one sentence (laughs) was very upsetting. And hopefully that won't become the case at all. But we don't have much time, left. And I wanna ask you, what do you think is being missed right now in terms of conversations that's maybe overshadowed by all of Trump's antics?
1: Do you mean in terms of like uh, this particular issue or more broadly? More
0: broadly in terms of bigger stories that aren't getting the attention they need.
1: Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I just think the, the whole incompetence uh, and the economy, like, you know, like they're really stripping back how much money they're going to give people for unemployment. And I think we could be really heading towards a real crisis because uh, those unemployment checks uh, that uh, with the bonus added on, that's what's keeping a lot of people alive. So who knows where we're going to head if uh, they strip that back. And um, the budget that they're introducing is a lot of bailouts for the rich and not much for ordinary people.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeet. can you tell people where to find you?
1: Yeah, I'm at the nationmagazine.com and on Twitter at herejeet. so yes.
0: Awesome, thanks, Jeet, appreciate it. Thank you, great to talk. Lovely speaking with you too. You just heard from Jeet here, who is on the journalistic side. And now we are going to flip more to the political strategist side with Mustafa Tamiz, who is the President of Outreach Strategist and helps a diverse range of clients serve small local interests to national governments. This man is a media expert, regarded as one of the top five political players to watch. Thank you for joining us, Mustafa.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. And it seems there's a lot going on right now, particularly coming out of Portland, where we have these federal task force that are in unmarked everything, grabbing people, attacking citizens. And now we know it is an extension of Trump's federal powers, and he is sending people to the ground. Yet, Oregon doesn't like it. The attorneys are now arguing in court for restraining order. The mayor is going to be down and They are attending protests in downtown. So hopefully he'll be safe. How do you think this is all going to shake out?
2: Well, at the end of the day, when the Department of Homeland Security was created, there was a provision in there where federal government can send in you know, Department of Homeland Security members to go protect federal property. But the President Trump has taken this to a whole new level, and what he's doing is creating this militia, people wearing the United States military cloth, which is a sacred cloth and functioning like the President's personal militia. And again, this is not what what I'm saying. This is the you know a former uh, head of Homeland Security, Secretary uh, Ashcroft, who was the founding secretary for the department, he's saying that this is, uh, you know, outrageous. So, uh, a former Republican governor, former Secretary of Homeland Security, a uh, guy who started Homeland Security Department, is saying this is off, off the charts. So the rest of us are looking around, going like, what, you know, what world are we living in right now?
0: Absolutely. And Mustafa, what am I missing when we talk about federal property? Uh, what is there any federal property really that's intersecting within what these federal authorities are actually doing? And how can you see that these federal agents are in some way messing up the system and not adhering to the law and what they're doing?
2: Well, look, I mean, there's a, there's a provision within when Homeland Security was created that allowed the federal government to send in its agent to protect its property. These folks, if you watch the videos, are not standing in front of the courthouse. They're chasing people into the park, they're chasing people into the streets. they are I wouldn't say arrest, but they're putting people in unmarked cars and they're detaining them against the law. And the court where this is being argued is the same court that's being protested at night. So if you can imagine the pictures that we're seeing during the day, there's lawyers going in filing suit against the federal government in a location where all this stuff is occurring. This is a breach of our constitution. President Trump is taking this to a level that nobody ever even thought that is possible. And now he's talking about going to Chicago and other cities. And this is really part of his political tactic. He has said that he wants to be a law and order president. He has said he wants to dominate the streets. Uh, he feels like that the suburbs of America is what he's lost, whether they're in uh, you know, Pennsylvania or through the Rust Belt or through Texas. And he thinks that by being tough on the cities, he can gain the votes back in the suburbs. He is mistaken.
0: Absolutely, and uh, no, you from what you describe that those federal agents are doing, it's definitely a violation of the Constitution, most specifically the Fourth Amendment, which is a personal favorite of mine. Um, and you did mention Chicago because Trump has just announced on Wednesday that he would be sending federal agents into Chicago and Albuquerque. But he doesn't claim that this is a matter of protecting federal property. Now he claims this is a matter of addressing the crime situation. What do you think of this?
2: Well, one is—it's—it's not like you said. It's Fourth Amendment. This is not part of how we govern ourselves as a nation. This is no longer—you know—this president from the beginning is a reality TV soundbite president. He believes that when he creates a soundbite, it's actually a policy. And—and—and I guess the for people like me that believe in the institutions. He is making mockery of it and the people like our Attorney General are going along with it. I mean, so I understand President Trump, we've all lived with him for over three and a half years. We have a sense that he will go wherever you think it's not possible, he will go there. The sad part is that a lot of the bureaucracy and really the Attorney General is going there with him and empowering him. And we've seen the Republican senators do the same. So accountability has to be not just for the President but both in the republican senate and number of these key leaders that are leading these agencies that have an oath to the constitution not to the president of the united states this is not a kingdom it's a presidency and we all have to recognize that especially the people that support president trump
0: absolutely and you know i i agree with you as someone who very much respects the rule of law and the sense of order even though he's trying to run on this whole law and order thought. But you know, and everybody is going to be held accountable and that's according to Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner who just said anyone including federal law enforcement who unlawfully assaults and kidnaps people will face criminal charges from my office. So it seems that at the local level that there are some people willing to stand up and to say we're not going to tolerate this. How do you see this working in terms of the collision between Federal authorities and state authorities on what can be done and what is permissible?
2: Well, one clearly this is not permissible. And this this uh, uh, there was a leaked memo from the Department of Homeland Security that their own memo says the people that were putting in the field are not trained. Uh, they don't know the guidelines. Uh, uh, and, and there's concern that there's no real leadership on the ground. This is according to a leaked memo from the Department of Homeland Many of the people that are in these, what I would say, you know, president's stormtroopers, as they're being referred to by many, they're coming from whole different, all different type of agencies. They're from the riot police and prison guards. They're ICE agents. They're pulling people from all sorts of places and they're putting them in in our military uniform, which is, I think, you know, desecration of that uniform. Putting people in that are supposed to you know, wear that uniform, protect the Constitution and our nation. Are not turned onto our own citizens. So I think, like a lot of us, we've all had enough. So politically, we have to have a consensus and vote the president out. But I think beyond that, we have to hold everybody else accountable that's gone along with his behavior. A lot of times in this process, we started to call this as Nixonian. You know, it's become like a, a lexicon, right? Well, President Trump has gone beyond Nixonian. the the, the, the Trumpian actions of many of the people that work with the president, support the president, are going to be remembered in history as not just the worst president that we've ever had. But also we're going to remember this as a time period where a lot of other people were breaking the law. And they, and, and they were kind of working under the president's direction. But they too have to be accountable, just like you know, almost three dozen people went to jail or were indicted from the Nixon administration we have to see that type of an action against some of the people that are committing these crimes.
0: Absolutely, and I love that you talk about accountability and especially you had mentioned before Chicago and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She initially was against having federal forces being sent in, but now she welcomes it all of a sudden. And the thing is, we know that Chicago is gonna be getting millions of dollars for new officers. And they're also gonna be reimbursed for about 3.5 million for local law enforcement that supports these federal task force. At the same time, Chicago has seen 414 homicides this year compared to 275 at the same time last year. So do you think there's the potential of maybe her welcoming these federal agents in to actually address the crime? Or do you think this is not more of, can we get the money? Or what do you think is going on?
2: Well, look, I mean, you know, historically, the Congress controls the purse. But in a lot of these grants, it is the President and Department of Homeland Security that controls a lot of the grants. So there's part of that element, right? The other part is, I mean, as a mayor who's facing this increase in, in, in homicides, increase in shooting and gang violence, mm-hmm. She's saying, "Okay, if you want to give me help, give me help, but give me help that I can use, not stormtroopers, right?" So I think that I think there has to be a partnership between localities and federal government to help, like you talked about in terms of task forces. But President Trump is trying to use this as a political vehicle for his upcoming election. I don't think anyone's convinced that he's actually trying to make life better for the citizens of Chicago, which he openly has contempt for any day of the
0: week. Absolutely, that is very true. And we don't have that much time left, but I really kind of just wanted to pick your brain based on your expertise being in the strategist world. What issue that's maybe a broader issue outside of Trump's nonsense do you think is not getting the attention it deserves?
2: Well, look, I would say put everything aside focusing in the in 142 thousand people our neighbors our friends our family members that have died because of coronavirus because of the mismanagement of the coronavirus that, that we've seen from the president across the federal government and even to local governors right we have to have a laser focus because what you know our economy is only going to get better if we're going to take care of our public health crisis. It is a crisis. It demands more of our attention. And we shouldn't let the president soundbite way of dealing with these issues. where one press conference, he sticks to the to the message pad and the next one he blows off somewhere. We have to take control of it as Americans and wear a mask.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mustafa. And can you tell everyone where to find you?
2: Find me on Twitter, Mustafa Chimiz. Love to talk to more people on there.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much for coming by. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you.